0: You're listening to Faith by Hearing with Dave Delaney. Christian conversations about faith, family,
1: and friends.
2: Welcome to the show. Are you a, a avid listener? I know you uh, You wear the hat, bro. Yes, sir.
3: It's not on me or not in my office.
2: Got that merch.
0: Sal was our first hat purchase. Was he really? Yeah. Wow. Thanks, Sal. Yes, sir.
2: I appreciate that. So this is a conversation about humor. Yeah. And it's, you know... Very important role in our life. I want to know what kind of jokes you got, bro. Lay them on me. See if you can make us laugh. I can make you laugh. Let's do it.
3: Why the chicken cross the road? Why? To get to the other side. <laughs> That's the... the <laughs> <laughs> Tell, okay, are you laughing? Yes or no? <laughs> are you laughing? That,
2: I thought it was like a warm Derek can't even up. talk.
3: Derek's over here pushing his mic away from his <laughs>
2: They didn't like me. I wasn't laughing at the joke. I was laughing at the fact that you made that joke. Welcome to Faith by Hearing podcast, an authentic conversation about faith, family, and friends. And uh, here we are, our first episode of the year. And of course, the beginning of the year has um, a lot of people talking about goals that they have for the new year, things that they want to accomplish in their personal lives, things they want to see accomplished in their uh, professional lives. And uh, I don't know about you fellows, but one of the um, one of the goals I have for this year is to be more intentional in uh, just enjoying the moments and the seasons of life that um, that the Lord brings my way. And one of the verses I'm claiming for this year is Proverbs chapter 17 verse 22: "A merry heart doeth good like a medicine." And uh, we can't always control our circumstances. We can't always control the exterior things. Um, But with the Holy Spirit living in us, we we can yield to Him, be submissive to Him in the heart. And that's what he talks about, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. And uh, so to help us get started with uh, trying to live in this way, we've got a a special in-studio guest today. And this was a surprise, Derek, Evan, you didn't even know we were going to have a guest today. No.
3: no. Uh -uh. I just popped on in, man. I was kind of like watching the bit,
2: guest or... the guest is not even waiting for the introduction wow. ladies and gentlemen round of applause here he is the one the only sal surprise Bustillos. sal is uh sal's here because sal is one of the most naturally funny people that you'll ever be around
0: you may find that you recognize sal's voice he gave a stirring testimony in our thanksgiving service that's good
2: that's great reminder straight
0: from the heart guys all good stuff
2: (laughs) (laughs) straight from the heart um you know sometimes when when people want to tell jokes or laugh or have a good time like it takes a lot of intentionality i feel like i'm that way i'm not like a naturally funny person Mm-mm. Sal doesn't have to work. <laughs> Sal is a a naturally funny individual. And uh so we got him in studio. He'll help keep the uh keep the the mood lightened, I think, here for us. Sal, you got a joke to start us off with, though? Is Chuck Norris joke or something? Norris joke. What mean? is it?
3: Before there was ever any long-headed creature. Chuck Norris don't want an uppercut a horse and made a giraffe. That's, <laughs> okay. that's it. Dude. <laughs>
2: Okay, so, you know, the idea here is that we want to, you know, we want to have a conversation about the place of humor and laughter and joy in our lives as Christians. So, uh, Derek, Evan, Sal, give us your best shot, all right? So, all the, wherever you are in your podcast listening right now, maybe you're driving, okay? Just prepare yourself for a gut. Oh, bursting no. laughter right here okay pull over go yeah ahead pull you over. might want to pull over if you're if you're on the treadmill right now you might want to slow that thing down right to a to a two or three uh if you're if you're shopping okay and you're just listening to this you're going up and down the grocery aisle i don't i don't know people around you might think you're crazy mm. but here we go this is this is the best jokes Evan derek and oh, sal God. can provide all right so here we go
0: I had to think about this because my first three jokes, I think, are like are reflect the culture I grew up in. Like two of them are game warden jokes, which would not be funny to the average person. The third one, it could go either way, but it's so funny to me, I can't not tell it. And this is a for anyone who would know who this is. This is an old Jerry Clower joke. He's my favorite person on the planet besides my wife. <laughs> um, Jerry Clower. If you don't know who he is, look him up after you finish this episode, of course. But there was a farmer who was looking out at his cows one day, and he decided that all the calves he was throwing were just a little bit too scrawny. He wasn't getting good prizes at market. So he told his wife, he said, honey, I think we need a new bull on this farm. Our bulls are tired. They're not throwing big, healthy calves. Let's get a new bull. So he calls the stockyards, and he says, Sam, I want you to send me the best strongest brawniest hereford bull that you have in the stockyards right now well the next morning the big diesel truck pulls in cattle trailer on the back and the three bulls are in the pasture right by the driveway and they see that truck coming Like, hey, you think that's that new bull he was talking about yesterday the other bull looks over and he says Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but there ain't but 40 cows on this whole place, and I don't intend on sharing any of my cows with any of them. I've been here 10 years. I got 20 cows to myself. I don't plan on sharing with some new bull. The second bull speaks up, and he says, Yeah, I've only been here five years, and it's taken me that long to get 15 of them. And you know what? I'm not sharing any of mine. That new bull's going to have to find his own place to go. The third cow says, man, this is my, or the third bull says, man, this is only my second year on this farm. I only got but five cows and I'm not losing one of them. I can't afford to. So this new bull is going to have to figure something out. Well, the truck backs up, the gate drops, and the biggest pickup truck size bull that you've ever seen in your life steps out of that truck. Snorting and pawing the ground, does a big lap around the pasture, just mean. And the first bull, he looks at the other two and he says, well, you know, guys, I've been thinking about how cruel I was to this new bull. It's not real kind to me to treat him that way. I think I can I can spare to lose a few cows. The second bull, he says, yeah, you know, we were pretty rude. Now that I see him, I think I am going to rethink my statement as well. And I can spare a few cows. You know, I don't want to cause any trouble with this guy. And the third bull, the young one, he'd only been there a couple years, he goes to pawing the ground and snorting and rearing his head. He rams his horns into a fence post, freaking out. And the first bull says, man, what are you doing? He's going to kill you. Look how big he is. And he says, guys, listen, I just want to make for absolute sure that he knows I'm not a cow. (laughs) Uh,
2: That's a good one. I like it. All right, Derek, what do you got?
1: What do you call a dog with no legs? Doesn't matter. It won't come to you anyway.
3: (laughs) I'm not going to laugh at that, though. See, I had a dog with broken legs. (laughs) I don't find that very humorous. My little doggy hobbled around with those little broken legs in the back, dude. She dragged those things along like... Like a shadow bro just, That's horrible
1: And then Derek Out of all people He used to make He used to chase her And make her pee All the way home I didn't even have to chase her I just looked at her funny And she would He would run. go Boo
2: <laughs>
1: Take off running man Leaving her streak All you need to do
3: Is
2: find the streak That's where you found her Alright what do you got Sal
3: Boss I gave you My good stuff right now man Come on Give
1: me one Give me one more I got another Chuck Norris one. Give it to me. Chuck Norris sleeps with a pillow under his gun.
2: <laughs> what? It took me a second to think that, think that through. I was waiting for the punchline. That was good. What well, you got, Sal? Come on. I know you got one more than that.
3: Not any of your mothers, of course. Or anybody on this podcast.
2: Or any your of our mama, listeners. So or any of our listeners. No one's mama. This is just... <laughs> hypothetical. Yeah.
3: Yo mama so fat, she sat on a dollar and made four quarters, bro.
2: <laughs> what What age were you when uh, your mama jokes were like the thing?
3: I was like in elementary school.
1: Yeah.
2: About fourth. Was that the same for you, Derek?
1: That's as far back as I can remember, yeah. yeah. Was it the same for you?
0: Yeah, I was in fourth grade and they happened. Or at least at
1: my school. They just took a while to get to Alabama.
0: It would seem, because me and Sal were not in fourth grade at the same time. <laughs>
1: Well, I, I feel like it's like a that's like an age thing, you yeah, know. Yeah, like probably. When
2: you're like pre-teen junior high age, like it's kind of like the funny thing to make your mama, your daddy jokes.
3: Yeah, you know, so like there's some common ones, you know, like your mama's so ugly, she makes onions cry. You know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what are some more common ones? Your mama's so fat, the horse on her polo shirt is real. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
2: I never really did your mama jokes though.
3: No. They were, no. I don't want my kids. But I tell them, don't talk about my mom, I'm talking about your mom. We gotta square that away, man, 'cause I get upset.
2: If you use a your mama joke on your kids, you're talking about your wife.
3: No, that's why I said not to her. Uh, <laughs> I'll usually throw some nonsense out like, Oh, we found you. <laughs> you know, you're not it's not your mom. <laughs> 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 I gotta keep it right with my wife, man. I not <laughs> you make onions cry, you know. I got I got another um Chuck Norris. Give it to me. Oh, Chuck Norris once killed two stones with one bird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck Norris once peed in a semi-truck's fuel tank, bro. Now it's known as Optimus Prime. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you ever hear, your mama's so poor, she sent your birthday card with food stamps? <laughs> <laughs> I like oh, yeah. That, one. that was a funny one, too. I started
3: getting into it with my, my nieces and nephews, and they were coming up with some good stuff. I don't remember most of them, but... <laughs>
2: Like, you're just making them up, like, as you guys went along? Or yeah, what? I
3: think so. Well, they were coming up with their little bit, and before you know it, we had a solid 20 jokes out. Are you from Long Beach? Yes, sir. Born and raised.
0: So, with the with the humor that you're naturally blessed with, hmm. what are the odds that you're related to Gabriel Iglesias?
3: Oh, man. I think I got his size going, though.
0: <laughs> you got his size. You got his humor. You're both from Long Beach. We're, we're same height,
3: too, probably. I'm just I saying. Actually, I actually bumped into him. Really? Yeah, it's a gay bro. Wait, is,
1: he, he's he's short.
3: Yeah. Really?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty Sal size. I mean, to <laughs> oh, say short. Really not. <laughs> when you take those boots off, you guys are the same size, bro. It's
3: like jumping off a step. Like those two inch soles. My wife always make my actually my sister in law makes fun of me. She's always like, Sal got his high heels on. I'm like, no, they're work boots. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. We're at the store one time, bro. I shouldn't be making fun of myself, you know. I should be making mama
2: jokes or something. Yeah, but it's all right. Go ahead. <laughs>
3: We're at Ross, and I'm like, yeah, I'm looking we'll for let my you size. make fun of yourself. I'm at Ross. I'm like, oh, they don't got my size in these shoes. And then she throws out, yeah, they don't make little man shoes, man. Those are in the <laughs> in the child section. And I'm like, and there's this big old dude there. He's like,
2: Ooh,
3: shut up, dude. <laughs> I'm like looking at this guy like I'm looking at the ceiling, you know. I'm looking up, and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not even gonna say shut up because you know what? I'm not sure I want that problem. So in my head, I said, shut up, dude.
0: This but, is kind of funny. Not really, but I just want to say it anyways. You know what I saw happen at the store last night? Hmm. Back to back. So I'm in the checkout line. The woman in front of me. Which store? Uh, superior. The woman in front of me pays. She asks for the balance to be split four ways. The dude looks so confused and proceeds to pay with four separate EBT cards. Oh, wow.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: And the dude didn't. Ba- I'm like. In my mind, I'm like, you know, those aren't all hers. And the the dude is not; he does not care. And then (laughs) this guy walks past me with a jug of uh, detergent in each hand, and he's just walking out. You know, if you're not from here, that sounds crazy to you. But here, you see that very often, where people just leave the stores whatever they want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's sad.
3: Yeah, I do it all the time. (laughs) I mean, go ahead.
0: So he's walking, and then. Boxes of toothpaste start falling out of his pant legs. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and this dude, he's almost to the door, and a box falls out. <laughs> this dude, he picks it up. He's like, Hey, brother, you dropped this. <laughs> and follows him outside to give him the toothpaste that he stole. <laughs> That's wow. Long Beach for you.
3: I seen a guy do that with some tall cans of beer in his pocket. And then he had a pack of hot dogs that rolled down his pants. <laughs> I'm like, can we count that as a
0: good deed for that guy? Yeah,
2: for sure. It he didn't a know. Good Samaritan. He didn't
0: know. Yeah. So I'm like, not really paying attention to where I'm at. I just kind of speak without thinking. I'm like, hey man, he stole that anyways. And it was really loud. So a bunch of people like look over at me <laughs> and then they all start laughing. <laughs> so I was an accidental comedian. It's like the police yesterday. officer
3: comes and helps the guy unlock his car that he ends up stealing. Yeah. <laughs> all <laughs> right. Not, I like it. That's funny. I like that. Yeah. That's
2: cool. You know, oftentimes we... uh we hear about uh, the struggles and the difficulties that we face as Christians, and, and rightfully so, we do. Uh, the, the Christian life has its valleys um, and, it's, and, it's, and its difficulties. But the same God who gave us valleys gives us mountains. Hmm. And just like there's struggles and there's difficulties, there's also joy and there's humor and there's victories. I want you to take just a few moments. Think about maybe the most joyful person that you can think of. So maybe not somebody who's like naturally funny, but just like a joyful individual, a person who just has the joy of the Lord as a defining characteristic of their life. And um, while you do, I I want to remind you of that passage Paul says in Philippians. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice and that whole theme in that entire book of Philippians, which you I mean you know this, but I'm just reminding you of it. That it's a theme about rejoicing, rejoicing in this life, enjoying, having the joy of the Lord in your heart, being a joy filled person. And this is this is no way to say that we walk through life making light of difficulties or making light of hardships. But it is a, it is a way of saying that the joy offered to us in the Christian life is an internal joy that that is ours. And it's a joy that, uh, the world around us and the difficulties we face, they, they do not have to rob it from us. So maybe just quick, let's just do uh like one of the most joyful people that you can think of. Tell me, just maybe some, something small about, about that person.
1: One of my, one of my friends in college, his name was Gerber. And uh, he was just one of those guys you, you can never find on a bad day. He was from Virginia. And so when he came to college up in Chicago, his his uh, friendliness was extremely out of place. Everyone was so confused why he was waving at everybody he walked by. He he once like reached his hand out to shake a a, a police officer's hand, and the police officer like totally grabbed for his gun. Like, what's this guy doing? Yeah. He, he's just super friendly, dude. And uh, just like I said, he's just he, you could tell he not that he always had good days, but he had the joy of the Lord. And, right?
2: Yeah, that's awesome.
3: A few people come to mind when I think of joyful people. But one that um it didn't come first to my mind, but he did come to my mind was my father. Mm. My father had a really good spirit and he was very joyful. Um even though when he was sick and you know, t- just throughout the years that he was sick, I would always be more of the like, oh my goodness, are you okay? And he's like, well, yeah, man, what are you worried about it? You're acting like you're dealing with it, you know, Becca? <laughs> <laughs> <That's laughs> Don't good. talk to me like that, man, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but uh he was he was he was very joyful. And I am. Um, in some ways I wish I could be more like him, because it's funny that you speak about being joyful. I was just thinking about that um, this year. As soon as uh, Christmas, we had Christmas and New Year's going on. You know, in that past, um, I'm looking at my kids and I'm like, man, they're getting old. You know, I'm hmm. like, I remember when Samantha was a little baby, and then you know, now you got all oh, that's 14 going on 15, and I'm like, well, this dude's gonna be probably out of the house here in the next few years or you know, a couple years, or no, a few years, right? <laughs> maybe couple. He keeps pushing me. All right? I'm telling you right now, <laughs> but um. I'm just thinking to myself, I need, a, I need to work on that myself. I need to be a little more joyful, just enjoy the moment that you're in. Because it's not always even about going through something rough. It's really about just enjoying what God's giving you at the moment, you know, enjoying. And I still remember in your Sunday school class where you say, enjoy every season mm-hmm. that you're in, you know, whether they're, they're they're newborns, toddlers, you know, then they become little kids and then they become teenagers. And then, you know, where I'm at. You're already you're already dealing. I'm dealing barely in the beginning stages of a teenager. You're already dealing with two college students going on three. And so that was I was that. But my father had going back to him. um, He had a really good joy. And he was always like I said, he was sick. He had dialysis and heart problems and every other problem in the book. But I would tell him, hey, are you all right. Hey, man, he says, I'm not worried about it. I win regardless. He says, if I die, I'm going home to be with my Lord. And if I stay here, why well, stay with you guys? So there was not really ever a negative answer. And oh, yeah. he would go to the hospitals and be there at a the time. And the nurses were always like, oh, we love dealing with your father. He has such a great spirit and such a great attitude. He says, oh, well, you know, you always give the glory to the Lord, though. It was not never, oh, that's how I am. Or, no, it was always, you know, well, my God's great to me. Why would I not be great to others, you know?
2: Yeah, that's awesome.
3: Uh, my childhood pastors,
0: who I always think of when when deep ab- d- abounding joy uh, comes to my mind, it's like you were saying. Uh, Brother Rusty, he wasn't uh, a very funny guy. He wasn't outspoken. He was he was pretty soft spoken for a, for a preacher. Um, but he was always had a smile on his face. Always had something pleasant to say. Uh, enjoyed to make people smile. Enjoyed to smile with people. And um, as I've gotten older, and you realize the weight that comes with with being a pastor. And you start to see as, as a young adult, you can note, you can pick up on more things, what your pastor may be going through. I look back and think of some of the situations that were playing out in our church at that time, and in, in hindsight, think, how in the world could he get out of bed some days? Um, but still all the way through, and he's still like that today, just a, a deeply joyful person.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. So when we talk about joy and enjoying one another, you know, we, we can't help but think of the words that we use in expressing that joy. And of course, the Bible is pretty straightforward about the heaviness of our words. Uh, the Bible teaches us that our words can offer life, our words can offer death. We can, with our words, we can bless, and with our words, we can curse. And so when we talk about joy and humor and laughter and uh, just, you know, enjoying the seasons of life, we, it's like anything, right? We have to, we have to make sure that we, we find a balance. And I think that's maybe the first point that I want to emphasize for us on the podcast today is that in, in all comedy, right, timing is the key and and how you deliver that line the right way is the key. Solomon says in Ecclesiastes, there's a time to mourn, there's a time to laugh, right? There's there's a time to be quiet, there's a time to talk, you know, there's, there's a time to... Uh, Sit in silence, and there is a time to sing. But he says specifically, there is a time to laugh, and you know, laughter and humor and joy in and of themselves are are never condemned in the Scripture. Hmm. You know, sometimes as Christians we treat it like we can't laugh. You know, we can't enjoy each other's company. We can't have you know um, a, a, a an expression of joy. Um, and yet, I think from the scriptures it 's just the opposite. Like, as Christians, we realize how important joy is, how important even laughter is as a gift given a la- laughter is a gift given to us from from God, but joy is an evidence mm-hmm. of the spirit of God that lives that lives in us but of course knowing knowing the right place. I don't know how many of you have listened or uh, read uh, C.S. Lewis's book, The Screwtape Letters, but if you haven't read it, I highly commend it to you. But Lewis in this book talks about um, four kinds of laughter. He says there's joy, play, there's the joke proper, and then there's flippancy. And he goes on to say that a proud man cannot laugh because he must protect his dignity. But a poor and happy man laughs heartily. Because he gives no serious attention to his ego. And, you know, I, I think about that as it relates to the place in which we live. And oftentimes, the reason why we can't enjoy the seasons that we find ourselves in in life is because the pride or the arrogance that we may have in our own hearts. He, he, he goes on in his book to describe joy is the laughter found in relationships fun is the simply enjoying moments and seasons using the what he calls the instinct of play that god has given to us you know you see boys and girls out on our playground or maybe in your church's hallway or something and you just watch them playing a silly game right tag or you know red rover or uh, ring around the rosie There's just this is instinctive in them as children this is a gift given to them from god and as we grow in our pride, and as we have lived in our sin, and we deal with our shame and our guilt, and we have to protect our ego, we lose the ability to to be able to just have that joy, that in that that laughter, that humor, the enjoying of life. So the first thing I would say is timing is important, right? Making sure that you say, "Hey, I want to be a, a, a joy filled, uh, humorous." Laughing person, OK, well, make sure the timing make sure the timing's right. But the second thing I would say too, and, and this is an important point, I think, for much of the enjoyment that we get as we go throughout our lives, and that is the content is important. You know, And just quite frankly, there are some kind of uh, there is a kind of joking and joke telling uh, that Christians should not be a part of. It's not appropriate, it's not right. It's not honoring to the Lord. the uh, The jokes that would make fun of sin, for example, Pro- Proverbs chapter seventeen or uh, fourteen, rather, Solomon warns about that. Having the the kind of disposition that laughs at sin, you know, the Bible says you're you're a fool. Fools make a mock of sin. It's it's not right to to have a um, a, a joke. That is at someone else's expense that's based on you know maybe a physical characteristic that they might have or some kind of social status that they might have, you know that's that's using your words in a way that's bullying somebody else and putting them down. and oftentimes you're doing that just to make yourself feel better. Um, jokes that would have some kind of double meaning, you know some some hidden and um, sinful innuendos that wouldn't be appropriate for maybe the context in which you find yourself in. Ephesians chapter 5 talks about using our words with um, uh, a gravity of of the understanding of what we're talking about, putting away any kind of indecent, inappropriate, crude type joking and using using jokes that would have some kind of a double meaning. It shouldn't have a place in the Christian's life. And, and then also, you know, using using joke using jokes as a, as a way to actually bully someone else. we say something mean and then we, the person, we, we can tell the person gets upset and then, oh, I was only joking, you know? Well, when, when you were saying it, you, you weren't joking, right? You, you said what you said cause you knew it would hurt somebody. And Then you want to uh, be hurtful and intentional in your hurting and then justifying it with this, um, you know, this, this little caveat. Oh, I, w- I was joking. Um, Lou, I think that would fall under Lewis's category of flippancy. Mm. And, and he talks about, you know, having this, um, callousness that's built up in us whenever we come to serious topics like purity before marriage or even in marriage, um, leadership in the home, uh, being the right kind of man, um, a a a true and biblical definition of marriage or or whatever other world views there might be. There's um using those things as the punchline. And, and he says that, that these this is this shouldn't have a place in the in the life that we live as Christians. And so we said a couple of things. Timing's important, content is important, but I also want to talk here about. You know the the dangers of uh, inappropriate jokes or crude jokes, um, and the dangers are many. I'm going to give you a few. Jump in on any point of this that you want, but first, people will have reason to to disregard what we say in other areas if we can't be appropriate in 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 these areas. So if if our words are Inappropriate or immoral, then whenever we go to talk about something more serious, the danger is that people would go. You know, I don't want to have, I don't want to hear anything that guy has to say because everything he says is foul or crude or inappropriate. And and if we want people to trust our words when when we're speaking to them of the gospel or the truth of God's word, then they need to be able to trust the other words that that we're giving them as well. And, and Paul's warning there in Ephesians four, Ephesians five, about avoiding foul language, crude jokes, and and instead making sure that we're using our words to build other to build up other people, express gratitude toward God is is, is you know specifically what he says. And if if all the other words that we use in our life are ungodly words, then I, I fear that we would miss opportunities to speak into people's lives with the Word of God, because they won't trust the words that that, that come out of our mouth. Uh, another thing, too, just the dangers here, you know, words reveal what's in your heart. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And um, oftentimes, what, what comes out of your mouth is what was on your mind. So when it's crude or inappropriate or you know, not decent, impure, man, that that tells us what we were thinking about. And the Bible specifically tells us not to think about things that are impure. And the Bible specifically tells us to think about things that are virtuous, that are godly. And oftentimes, you know, our our jokes reveal the the heart. They they betray um, the things that we're really thinking about because this is what's coming out of our mouth. Culture might affirm crude jokes, um, but the culture is not the origin of, of crude jokes. The heart is the origin of crude jokes. So we want to make sure that our heart is right with the Lord. Um, the The other thing about the dangers here that I would add would be wrong words can lead to wrong images, and a lot of times when, when we talk about inappropriate or indecent things, we're offering up images that lead us in our. Or we're offering up words that lead us in our mind to think the wrong kind of images, think the wrong kind of things. So, wrong words, even if they're joking words, are are still wrong words if they lead us to think wrong things and put wrong images in our head. Um, the two more things here, just on the dangers, and then and then we'll move off of this. But you know, we we should think about how that we're judged according to the bible we're judged for the words that we use. Uh the bible talks about how that the lord reco- records not just our actions, not just our deeds, but he actually records our words. So when we're using words in 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 inappropriate ways, we we should we should be mindful of the fact that we'll we'll be judged for that one day. And then the last one I would give and you guys can jump in on this, but you know, words have they have a lasting effect. And I I know this is true for you. It's also true for me. But some of the greatest pain that I've experienced in life has been from what someone else has said to me. And as a pastor, some of the greatest pain that I've had to help people walk through is not necessarily something physical that someone else did to them. But a lot of times it's it's emotional. It's it's what someone else said to them in a particular season of their life, and they were recipients of that you know verbal wrath, and that's where they're that's where they're struggling, and we have to recognize that our our words have lasting effect on people. I'll, I'll never forget my sixth grade teacher using this illustration. She got this big old thing of toothpaste, like family size. You know, it was like fourteen inches long or something. And as sixth grade boys, we were like, like most sixth grade boys, we were, we were mean with our words. So she had all of us go up there and take a turn squeezing the toothpaste out onto this huge plate. And then she says, all right, David Delaney, come up here. She goes, I want you to put all the toothpaste back into the toothpaste bottle. And I said, well, I, th- I can't put it back in the toothpaste bottle. She's like, no, I want you to try. Put your hands on the toothpaste and try to put all that toothpaste back in the bottle. So I did. I put my hands in the toothpaste. I started trying to put it back in that little tiny hole at the top of the uh, toothpaste, you know, tub. And of course, you know, you can't get it back in. And she said, "This is how it is with your words. That once you've said them, you can't put them back." And a lot of times, oh, we try to cover it. We try to mask it. Oh, I was just joking. I didn't mean that. But we we should remember that our words. Do have lasting effect on on people around us, those are some of the dangers what what do we, what do you guys have to maybe add to that or clarify some of those things?
0: yeah, I think that we all learn that lesson at different points in life where it seems like at that age fifth sixth, seventh grade, everyone's okay with being the one who says hurtful things, or most of us at some point are okay with being the one and then I think I can very clearly remember the sting the first time I was on the receiving end of that mm-hmm. like whereas a preteen boy, I would, I can remember crying on the way home from school and my brothers are adding to the problem by making fun of me for crying. They're like, you're in sixth grade. What's wrong with you? Whatever. And it was that day, someone had said something to me that I just could not get over. And my mom, you know, had a similar conversation with me where she thought, well, listen, I know you like you. How many times has someone else been sitting at home after school and they can't get over something that you said to them? And that felt very merciless at the time. Where I'm like, "Mom, yeah. I'm I'm hurting right now," but it. I remember the impact it had on me to think that I'd never realized that this is what I put people through sometimes, and yeah. this is the way I make people feel. And uh, we get past those lessons, you know, we forget about those things, and it happens in different ways in adulthood than maybe it did in elementary school. Yeah, but it's easy to become guilty of the same thing now.
1: Yeah, I think that first point you said how. Whenever you cross that line, it kind of takes away a lot of your credibility when you're trying to be not only serious but spiritual or even uh you know helpful it's 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 hard to it's hard to compartmentalize oh the person that said that is also telling me this yeah, the yeah. person who I'm supposed to respect now I heard him say this about them and and that perception that someone might have of a person like that who The Bible says how from the same fountain can't come both bitter and sweet water. Yeah. And that's kind of the, that's kind of a lesson for me when I observe that to also apply to my own mind and my own heart and say, Hey, I need to watch what I say. Not, not just for, for its own sake, but for the sake of what influence I might lose in the future because of it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I, I uh, heard that lesson a little bit different. Uh, I was, I was told one illustration one time where a pastor put it into perspective was grab a pillow of goose feathers filled with goose feathers and open it up and let it out in the wind and just let it fly away. And now go back and collect each feather that flew off. And that's pretty much the illustration of you saying about something or bringing somebody down. And I was actually reading about that this morning in Proverbs. Uh, it's um, Proverbs chapter 9. I mean, uh, verse uh, chapter 11, verse 9, it says, The hypocrite with his mouth destroyeth his neighbor, but through knowledge shall the just be delivered. Mm. And it was just pretty much speaking on, I was reading through the, the commentary of the Bible, and it was it was speaking on, you know, well, how are you going to use your conversation? Are you going to build up or are you going to destroy? Because it's a very easy thing to switch it, you know. You start off, you pray in the morning, you know, God, let me be a tool for you. Give me the opportunity to speak for you. But just easily in a conversation, you could turn from helping build something to destroying it. Right, right? absolutely. And, and just corrupting that communication. So that, I always want to be careful what I say. I know sometimes I joke a lot and, like you say I'm a very happy guy. I like making a lot of jokes and sometimes they're nonsense.
2: Yeah. I well, I you know, I think it's important to remember that the same scripture that encourages us, you know, not to joke about things that are impure and ungodly, also encourages us to rejoice. Like and that's what we're trying to say that as that as Christians of we are to be the most joy-filled people. We we are to be able to have a merry heart. But we do want to make sure that we're joy filled and laughing and 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 being humorous about things that are uh, that are appropriate. Um, Even the Bible, right, has hilarious events recorded in the Bible. So I Sal didn't get this homework assignment, but you guys got this homework assignment. All right. So what's uh what's your what's your favorite funny moment in the scripture? Sal, they'll go. Then you, if you, if, if you think of one, then you can fill it. You can fill in. But favorite funny moment in the scripture?
0: Mine is honestly this is not super funny. Either the way you look at it, but if you can think of the scene where the boy falls out of the rafters while Paul is preaching. I, yeah,
2: I I agree. That was one that like, came to my mind. Actually,
0: we've yeah. all yeah. been we've all been in places where. Someone falls and gets hurt and everyone's laughing, then you slowly realize, oh man, they're actually hurt. Yeah. And then you go check on them. Like that I guarantee, well, I don't guarantee. I highly speculate that's what played out. Like he fell and everyone's like, What in the world?
2: I he's I not f- moving. I fill in the, the the gaps of that too, of you know, everybody around him and Paul coming up and going, What what happened? And then there being this like awkward oh. everybody looking at Paul
1: like You think he was embarrassed?
2: <laughs> and it, if this was your fault. You, <laughs> you could have stopped hours ago. You know Ugh. what happened? Um, he was sleeping <laughs> during, your during your sermon, which, uh, even according to the Bible, was very long.
1: Yeah. One one uh, interesting story that's included in the Bible, I think, is just kind of goofy or funny that it's in there. Is uh, after Absalom was killed. Joe was going to send a, a messenger to David and yeah. tell him what happened. And there was one messenger in particular, Ahimeas, and he was very eager to be the messenger. And he said, please send me. I want to go tell King, King David about the, you know, the victory in battle today. But he had no idea about what happened with Absalom. Yeah. And so Joab says, no, I'm going to send this guy who was actually there. And basically he goes, he sends the other guy, he goes, please send me, send me. He says, but you don't have any news. <laughs> and he goes, send me anyway. So he sends him and the, this first messenger, as he, he overtakes the messenger that was sent before him. And he gets all the way to the palace and David sees him and he goes, what news do you have? And he goes, uh, I don't know. I just saw a whole <laughs> bunch of stuff going on, but I don't know what happened. And then he literally says, okay, go stand over there. <laughs> and then the next messenger comes and gives him the news about Absalom. <laughs> but the whole the whole why that was even included and why yeah. this dude really wanted to see king david for some reason was funny yeah. yeah that
2: that is i like that i like that that story the uh one of the funny events i thought one of you were going to bring up was um the the telling of the of the birth of esau right that he he came out and he was red and hairy all over like <laughs> okay why are we given this information he was like a Tickle me Elmo is what he it's what he was you know like just, just ra- random event you know uh, uh, r- record of Detail. certain events yeah you got one Sal?
3: well it's funny that he mentioned David uh, killing somebody again uh, when David kills Goliath he just dude he smacks a giant in the head with a rock and takes him out
2: that's like me throwing a rock at a Navy SEAL and taking him out you know yeah. Yeah, actually, it's very accurate. Yeah, a man, it, Goliath was a man of war from his youth, right? Yeah. yeah, the the Bible's the Bible's full of those kind of events, and I, I think that's the that's really the the balance that we want to make sure that we're communicating on the on the show. Like, um, as Christians, we're full of joy. We have merry heart. We can laugh. We can enjoy the seasons of life that God gives us. But we want to make sure we aren't doing this in ways that are worldly, um, ways that are ungodly or inappropriate. A, a a few things just about the the grace of humor. First, humor is good for our spirit. We we've all been in situations where we've where we're around someone who had a good disposition, they had a joy-filled heart, and then after you leave that person that maybe it's that joy filled person. Like we talked about the earlier in the show, when you walk away from them, you do truly feel refreshed mm. and it, it feels good to, to be around someone, to be around someone like that. I read this week where, you know, a lot of um that, that a lot of what we face in this life in it, difficulty, struggle and, and humor can be a way of, just lifting your spirit from that, and uh, one of the interesting articles I came across was eighty um, percent of professional comedians came from a place of tragedy. That their growing up was difficult. Mom and dad were split. You know, drugs, abuse, all these sorts of things, and um, you know they they had to learn to overcome their problems by. By laughing. And of course, that's not what we're saying. We're not saying you overcome your problems by laughing your way through it. We're saying you overcome the problems and difficulties you have in this life by knowing the Lord. And when you know the Lord, His Spirit takes up residence in your heart, and He offers you a joy in this life that that can't be taken away. So, you know, really a, a challenge for me for the new year, and I hope for all of our listeners you know, make your home the the kind of place where it's enjoyable your your kids have fun, you laugh together and and of course, there's hard work, and of course, there's difficult conversations that we have to have, but you know I want to have the kind of environment around me that people can enjoy um that um, they can see a person who's enjoying the Lord for my kids, for pastoring, here at the office, whatever it may be. Humor is good for our spirit. But, but a second thing, humor is, a, is really a powerful tool for evangelism. Um, a good sense of humor is disarming. And a lot of times, you know, people are at work, that's stressful, People have financial problems. It's hard to deal with. People walk through life with the weight of some fractured relationship. It may be their marriage or in parenting. And as Christians, we serve a God who is greater than all of the anxiety, all of the stress. And so to be able to smile, be, to be able to have laughter, to be able to have humor, to be able to have joy— in in today's world, sends a very powerful message to the people around us. And, you know, a lot of times it's been my privilege as a pastor to be able to walk into a hospital room full of Christians who just got bad news about a loved one, and yet they're still enjoying each other's company. They're still praising the Lord. there there there, there, There is suffering, and there are tears, but not like the world cries, right? We have sorrow, but we still have joy, and that sends a message that's powerful to the world because the world can't understand that. Um, two more thoughts here about just the the grace of of, uh, of humor. Humor cultivates humility, right? If if you can't laugh at yourself, you probably take yourself way too serious. And if 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 we were honest we all do things every day, multiple things, numerous things every day that deserve to be laughed at, right? That somebody should come along the way and go, hey, what, what, are, you, what are you doing, man? Why, why are you taking yourself so serious in that moment? And, um, you know, oftentimes the reason we do that is because we think it's our job to to save the world or it's our job to fix all the problems in the world or it's our job to 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 build whatever personal kingdom we're after. And if if you think your job is to be the savior of the world, well, then fun is a distraction and laughter is intolerable. But, you know, if we really recognize in light of who God is and in light of who we are, right, we're children of dust, you know, that's, that's who we really are. And there's nothing good in us. We're sinners saved by grace and the Holy Spirit of God has taken up residence in us. And... You know, humor creates in us a humility that that's necessary for life. And then the and then the last one, humor can have positive physical effects for for your mind, for your body. Um, psychologists have pointed out all kinds of ways that humor you know has good effects um, on your brain, has good effects on on the kind of thoughts that you're thinking, reduces stress, breaks negative thought patterns, negative thought habits, we live in a world that just maximizes the negative. And a lot of times it's good for us just psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally to just break away from that and, you know, have a good laugh and, and, and have an appropriate laugh, but have a good laugh. So humor is, is, uh, is, is really a, a gift from the Lord for us. And, um, we we want you as listeners to 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 realize that this is this is an evidence of the spirit of God in our life. Being grumpy is not a gift of the Holy Spirit. Being joy filled is a gift of the Holy Spirit. And a lot of times we think, well, we're, you know, we're serious because we're Christians. You know, we're we're no, it ought to be we're joy filled because we're Christians. And we'll we'll just end with the reminder: a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. And let's let's purpose this year to be that kind of person that has a merry heart, regardless of what's happening around us. What's happening inside of us can be joy filled.
0: Uh, we do have a little bit of mail to get to before we're done for the oh, day. Oh
2: yeah, this is our new segment, Evan's mailbox. Evan's
0: mailbox is back. <laughs> mailbox, mailbox that's the backpack song from Dora (laughs) I'm on the wrong (laughs) team Uh, All right, we do have some mail uh, a couple people finally decided to hit the email inbox that that free Google account I opened is finally paying off (laughs) Yeah. yeah we had someone come in uh, with some topics, let us know. You know what? I might. They gave us a whole list, so we may uh, put some of these up as a poll on Instagram. But dealing with personality types inside the church, introverts Ooh. and extroverts, and your church and your family as well—that could be interesting. Uh, distinction between entertainment and worship. Mm. Mm. That one's deep. I like that. I lead music here, so that matters to me. I think about that often.
2: You, you wanted a music conversation. You've been I did. asking for that from the beginning. Yeah. Derek Derek put you in the parking lot on that. Yeah.
0: He said right after the Star Wars trivia, what is worldliness? Is that anything from the world? Mm. Yeah. That's a good I would say no because we just had Star Wars trivia. <laughs> 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 so, that would be a good one. And discernment, is it just good judgment or something more? Nice. Guarding your testimony, ministry and secular jobs, waiting to be called. They even mm. gave they gave us a title and a subtitle for that. I like one. that. Navigating Adolescence into Adulthood. I'm still in the middle of that one. And uh, recognizing, Reconciling Science and the Bible. I like all those. So
2: these are some of the episodes we're going to try to get plugged yeah, in. Yeah, someone just sent us that list. Yeah, 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 we'd
0: love that. Had this email come in from Brittany Paraman. Hi there, my husband and I love listening to y'all's podcast. Thanks for keeping it real and sharing from a biblical perspective. High five emoji. Okay, sign emoji. Sign Brittany Paraman signed sent for my iphone nice
2: all right Brittany. well i'm i'm trying to cover all those lessons that you've told us to help ryan improve in all right Mm. so we just want you to know that
0: all right well that's the mailbox for the day we had a couple dms come in in response to our apology video as some have called it oh (laughs) no i won't give those the dignity of being read on air
2: (laughs) give me a snap what like give me a give me a summary of them what were they
0: didn't you post this last week? <laughs>
2: <laughs> last week was vacation.
0: Last week, I put that post on about basically the same. It was, I won't lie. It was a similar thing to what we said. It was vacation. This week, listen, I don't know why everyone's being so hard because you are experiencing the same thing right now, which is the let down, not let down, the yeah. coming down off a of vacation and you realize, oh, wait, while I was gone, Things were still piling up, so now I'm behind. But we're happy to be back on air talking to you guys again, so we will keep it regular. We just had some recovery mode after the holidays.